The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. The advice and opinions expressed by the hosts of Autism Live and her guests are meant solely as suggestion and should not be in any way construed as child-specific advice. Any choices you make in determining your child's treatment are completely at your own discretion. Good morning. And welcome to Autism Live. If things look a little different today, it's because they are a little different today. I'm Shannon Penrod, and we're coming to you live for the first time forever from our new offices. We're not yet in the studio. That's not true. Traven is sort of in the studio. He's in the control room. But I'm here in my office with a hastily thrown together background because, I, you know, I don't know who said it first, but my mom used to say it all the time. She would say, if you don't know what to do, if you're having to choose what to do, then do the thing that scares you. Uh, do the, do whatever you want to do while you can and do the thing that scares you. And she said, you know, sometimes in life you don't get to choose to do the thing that you want to because of other circumstances. So anyway, I just want everybody to know that, you know, uh, we're, we're out on a limb and we're in that part of the move where it's like take all kinds of risks and and go live uh, from part of the space, you know, because we gotta we gotta get uh, into the studio eventually. We're getting there. We're getting there, and it's very exciting. And I want everybody to know that this is a leap that we're taking with you. That this leap that we're taking, I see I'm gonna get emotional, is on behalf of the entire autism community. The autism autism live is now a part of the autism network. We've got big things planned here. In fact, we are fingers crossed, hoping to launch this Friday our newest podcast on the autism network. And it's something I'm so proud of that I could just split and cry and fall apart and and whatever. It's called Stories from the Spectrum. It is content that is by and for a neurodiverse world. Let me say that again, content by and for a neurodiverse world. So when you tune into that show end to end, what you're going to see is the point of view from people who are on the spectrum. I'm so excited for that as a human being, as a mom, and as a part of this community. It's, it's, it's a thing that needed to happen before now, but it's happening now. I'm very excited. I hope you'll tune into our maiden voyage. It is a format that every time we present it, it will be vastly different. It's sort of, I keep saying to people, it's like a 60 minutes thing that no two shows will be alike. No two segments will be alike because they're all from the minds of people who are neurodiverse and representing themselves, their point of view, their voice. So I'm really excited about that. And today on show, we're going to be welcoming back one of our favorite guests who actually has a part of the first episode. uh, It's one of her segments that we're going to be featuring. Um, I think there are going to be five segments. We're still winnowing out um, that are going to be featured in this first 
first ever podcast of Stories from the Spectrum. I'm so excited and proud of the individuals who have been working so hard on it. So that's going to be coming on Friday. And so much more. We've got stuff coming that's just going to, I think, blow your socks off that will be more varied content, more things that we need to hear. So uh, let's start out by saying a couple of things to get us, because uh, I don't know about you, I'm weirded out about this background and everything, but we're here and that's the important thing, right? So uh, we're live right now on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and about a dozen other sites. The fabulous Traven, who has been working himself in, into a tizzy, I suspect, uh, <laughs> been making things happen. He's going to show you some of the different ways that you can connect here with us because you know we love to hear from you. In fact, I can see that people are already, can you tell, like I got I have the little tear, happy tears. Uh, Jacob, the, the background is very thrown together. Plant from Ikea, my, my cork board that I haven't hung up yet with a blue tablecloth thrown over it because this the gray wall was just not doing it. Hi, Michelle. Um, but, but we are, furniture has started arriving for the studio and, and we hope to be in that studio soon. Everything takes longer than I think. Uh, but anyway, live right now, we're listening to your comments. You can be writing into us right now. We love hearing from you. And we, we look forward to hearing what you guys have to say. Now, we are also a podcast. Later on today, this will be available as a podcast wherever you get your podcast. It's a free download. We are the number one rated autism podcast. Thanks to you guys, because you've been liking us, sharing, commenting, letting others know. You know we don't have a big, big, we don't have a marketing budget, right? <laughs> So, and we haven't for the last 11 years. Uh, so we appreciate when you see something uh, that you share it and like it and tell other people about it, right? We also love it when you give us reviews on iTunes. As I said, in just a little while, we're going to be joined by our fabulous guest, Danny Bowman, and she's going to be talking to us about some of the amazing things that she's been up to. I started today's show by saying, you know, the thing about if you don't know what to do, do the thing you're afraid of. Um or that actually it's the thing that scares you is the thing that you're supposed to do. And I've been so inspired in the last week watching so many talented young people that I know, artists. There is every year there's an Easter Seals challenge where they give them a ridiculously short amount of time and say, here's the, the topic, go create. And just seeing on Facebook, I haven't seen all of the videos that everybody created yet, but just seeing them sort of encapsulating as they were going along the work that they were doing, I was so, so inspired. And I was like, look at these fearless young artists. And it just inspired me to get out on that limb. You know, we got to make things happen. So uh, Danny's going to be here with us today. And one of the things she's going to talk about is the Easter Seals Challenge last year's and these, this year's. But first, before we get to Danny, we have a couple of things. Louise, hello. How are you? Did I say hello to Michelle and Jacob? We're thrilled that you're here too. Uh, and you guys can be writing in the chat. We love to say hello to you. I was raised on Romper Room. For for a minute, uh, my dad was Mr. Music on Romper Room. He did the sound for Romper Room, the real Romper Room out of Boston. And uh, the lady on Romper Room always had this mirror that had a hole in the middle of it. And she would hold it up and she would say, oh, I see Bobby and I see Charisse. And um, sometimes I feel like that it's returning to my roots that I get to say hello. So if you want me to say hello, write into the comments right now. 
Uh, also, we'd like to let you know that while we have many experts on the in the field of autism on our show, that's one of the things that we feature here. I want to remind you, I'm not one of those experts. My credentials, I'm a pony. I'm a parent of a neurodiverse individual. So proud to be a parent of my son. And he uh, now I'm a pony, a parent of a neurodiverse uh, adult individual. Uh, really excited to see that. I don't know if you guys uh, at all checked me out on Facebook, but we on Friday, my son got notification that he made the dean's list for his first semester of freshman year. And to tell you that I thought that I was going to keel over, uh, so proud, so proud of him. And this was my kiddo that was considered nonverbal at two and a half when he was diagnosed. And uh, people told me he would never be able to be mainstreamed. And he is at college with no supports, which is against my opinion and my advice. I begged him to take supports. And he said, Mom, I really don't need them. How about you give me one semester to show you that I don't need them? And he made Dean's List. So there you go. He just goes to show I'm not an expert, <laughs> but I'm someone who cares deeply about you and your journey. And when I say you, I mean everybody that's there. I see Parker and I see Amanda and um, Amanda joined late. We're, we're in my new office. We're not yet in the studio. This is the office. And I just hastily threw a background together so you wouldn't have to look at gray wall. Um, but this is our new plant from Ikea. Uh, <laughs> They have such a good deal on plants at Ikea right now. Uh, We are at the new location. I'm just steps away from the studio, but the studio is a big green room right now. So eventually, I hope maybe in a week, we'll we'll actually be in there. Uh, So anyway, I I do want to say to you that our show is for the whole autism community. That larger autism community starts, of course, with individuals who are on the spectrum. They are the beating heart of our community. They are our why. Um, of course, they are at the heart of our community and we want to elevate their voices, right? But we also include in that larger uh, autism community, everyone who loves those individuals. Because I believe, and I know those of you who join me here have uh, believe this at least to a certain extent, that together we can work together to create a world in which that is everyone, because that should be everyone. That there are people who are on the spectrum and people who love people on the spectrum. And that should encompass the entire world. That's what we're working uh, towards. Yes, Amanda says, Ikea and Costco are my fave. Yes. Uh, Yes, gotta love me some Ikea and some Costco. But anyway, so that's who we welcome here. And if you're someone who doesn't fit into either one of those characters, guess what? We welcome you too, because we want you to fit into that that category, either being someone someone who's spectrum or someone you can be and someone who loves people on the spectrum, but you could also be or because we want to be good allies, right? Because those of us who love people on the spectrum get it. We want to be of support. Parker loves the Ikea food. You must love the meatballs because the meatballs are the famous thing, right? Uh, my son just discovered Ikea meatballs and it was life-changing. Can I tell you what was life-changing to me? total digression here this morning. I am a little bit um, obsessed with Pinterest and I found a new way to fold towels this morning on Pinterest. My husband was making so much fun of me. It was life-changing. I can't wait to share it with you all. I got to get a little bit better at it, but I found a new way to fold towels. This, If you had told me when I was 16 years old that I would be this excited at this age about a new way to fold towels, I would have 
cried, laughed. I don't know what I would, I would have said that. Please don't let that be the thing that makes me excited on a Monday morning. And yet here we are. Uh, <laughs> there's, a, there's a new way to fold towels. And I, I have seen the arrow on the FedEx check, uh, track. I, I'm only going to uh, fold towels this way forever. I will share it before the end of the week, I promise. Anyway, uh, we're here today and we're excited because Danny Bowman is going to be joining us in just a couple of minutes and we've got so much to talk with her. She's amazing. She's been an inspiration to me forever. But before we get to that, we have some other business to take care of. We have to do the jargon of the day. You know, if you watch the show that every Monday and Wednesday, we like to start this show with jargon of the day where we take on one word, one phrase, one acronym. We try to figure out what in the hey, nani, nani are those experts talking about? What does this have to do with us? What What's it all about, Alfie, right? We First, we give you the actual definition. Often we make fun of the actual definition when, it, when it's appropriate, when there's just more jargon and it's not accessible, right? But we never leave you without giving you a working definition that sometimes isn't as precise as the actual definition. But our hope is always that we can begin to understand what this term means, what it could mean to us, why it would be important that we would know what this term was. Because I don't know about you, I don't have a whole lot of time to waste. And when my son was diagnosed, I felt like I was running to catch up. And like it was a bus that just, I kept seeing at the next stop, but I just couldn't quite get on the bus. And I felt like it was important that I know what I'm talking about when I'm talking to experts, because my son was going to lose out if I didn't, right? So to me, it felt very important but I felt very overwhelmed by it. That's why we do one word, one phrase, one acronym at a time. By the way, we've done this with well over a hundred terms. They're on a playlist on YouTube. If if ever you go to an IEP meeting or you're talking to somebody or you're reading a report and you go, I don't know what that is, feel free to Google the, the jargon term and then put into your Google um, thing, put video. And very likely you'll find, if we've covered it, you will find our video. We love that colleges and universities use our definitions now to help their students not only understand what the term means, but to understand it from the point of view of someone who isn't a doctor um, who might need to know. Okay. All right. So uh, today's jargon term, I, I think we might have done this before. If we haven't, it's just so remiss of us. Uh, and it's something that gets brought up over and over and over. HIPAA. Now, I always spell it wrong. I spell it H-I-P-P-A because I like to think of hippo because it makes me happy. Uh, there's no rhyme or <laughs> reason to that. HIPAA. But this, if you are an individual who is on the spectrum or you love somebody who's on the spectrum uh, or you're a person who's had any medical care in the last 10 years or plans to have any medical care in the 10 years, next 10 years, this is a term that's going to come up and it gets thrown around like crazy pants. So I thought it might be worthwhile for us to really talk about it and talk about why this might be important to our community. So uh, in any case, let's take a look at our actual definition of HIPAA, shall we? Not hippo, HIPAA. Uh, all right. It's a lengthy one. HIPAA is the acronym for Health Insurance Portability and Accountability Act. 
Did you know that? I didn't, I, I've known it a million times, but it doesn't stick to the, the dry erase board in my brain. Health insurance portability, that's going to be important, and Accountability Act. This was passed by Congress in 1996. So if it feels like it's relatively new to you, that would be why. So here are the four things that HIPAA does. It provides the and this is like some of the good stuff here. So uh, see if you can follow this, uh, but we're going to go over it. Provides the ability to transfer and continue health insurance coverage for millions of American workers and their families when they change or lose their jobs. It's supposed to reduce health care fraud and abuse, and it mandates industry-wide standards for healthcare information on electronic billing and other processes, processes, and requires the protection and confidential handling of protected health information. Okay. Now, there's a lot there that we need to unpack. So, and not all of it is going to be important to you at all moments, but there's two big things in there that I think are relatively on a day-to-day basis, pretty important to folks who are anywhere in the autism community. So let's take a look at our working definition where we kind of bring it down to a level that maybe we can start to understand it. And then let's talk about some examples of it. So our working in de- uh, definition for HIPAA is that this is something that's going to provide continuity of care. This is a phrase that I want you to memorize. You don't need to know the Health Insurance Portability and Accountability Act. You don't need, like, you just don't even need to remember that. But continuity of care is something I do want you to memorize. If you have a bulletin board somewhere where you stick things, or if you have magnets that go on the refrigerator, I would write continuity of care on there. I think it's important enough that you want to put there because on a regular basis, you might find yourself changing or wanting to change your health care. And when you change your healthcare, there's this wonky period of time in which people will tell you, well, your new benefits haven't kicked in, but your old benefits are over and it feels like you're caught between a rock and a hard place. Except that the HIPAA Act made it so that you don't have to, but you have to know the mysterious term continuity of care. And believe me when I say that, like, I didn't know this term a couple of years ago and somebody taught this to me and I try to pass this on to just everyone, like, I'm in line at the CVS and and I will hear somebody talking about something. I'm like, oh, the phrase you need is continuity of care. So when you go, you know, it's day one of your new insurance and you want, uh, let's say you wanted your ABA services from your last provider to continue and the new provider is like doing paperwork and your child is about to be out of care for four weeks while you frog around. You call both insurance companies and you say, I am requesting continuity of care. And your old insurance, depending on what your insurance is, and everybody is different, and sometimes I feel like it's a negotiation, I suspect it's not, but nobody tells you what the rules are. But we have seen families that have gotten 60 to 90 days of care because they use that term. I need continuity of care. Sometimes it's easier to get it from the new insurance company and you say, I need continuity of care. So I need that prescription right now. I know you have a process where I have to see this doctor, this doctor, this specialist, this, but I'm looking for continuity of care. And what they'll do is write you a 90 day prescription and say, we need you to be working the system and going to all those doctors. We're not going to renew it in 90 days, but 
everyone has the right to continuity of care. So for those of you, and I know some of you are going, what? My child went three months without therapy because we switched providers. Because the provider will say, well, we can't process your new um, authorization until the day that you actually are starting services. And it takes three months to process it, right? That, those are what the rules are. And unfortunately, what happens is a lot of families go, oh, no, I guess we'll be without care for three months. If you knew the magic phrase, continuity of care, you don't have to do that. And, and I don't know what it is about continuity of care that scares them. And I will tell you, it's like dropping a bomb. When you're on the phone with them and you're not getting what you want and you say, I need, con- I, let me be clear, what I'm asking here is for continuity of care. I will tell you, every it's like Tetris and all the pieces line and they go, oh, let me just do this. And then suddenly you have the thing that you asked for. It's worked for me. It's worked for many others. So I'm saying hello to Pigeon Patrol. Um, continuity of care, like it's an easy thing to forget. You can always write back and ask me and I will tell you, oh, that thing, it's called continuity of care. But I do suggest you write it somewhere, stick it on a bulletin board, because at some point you're going to need that phrase. It will be pivotal. Okay. Now that isn't what people think about when they think about HIPAA. What we all think about is privacy of information, right? And the HIPAA Act does say that your information is private. And whoever is dealing with you in a medical way is not supposed to give away your diagnosis, where you live, how much therapy you do. They are not supposed to. You have a right to some privacy with that. And you have a right to that electronically. You you know, if they have a data breach, they have to notify you in writing. You'll see sometimes that, you know, whether it's you know, you know, your credit card or whatever, um, cause that's PPI personal protective information. I think that's what that is. Um, you'll get notices saying that there's been a breach of something, but the HIPAA is a little bit more serious. The, the HIPAA is your personal uh, private medical information that no one is allowed to give. Now here's the problem with that is that It can be used for good, but a lot of times I see HIPAA being used to prevent families from getting the thing that they want. Um, For instance, I will see at many autism centers, they'll say to the parent, oh, you can't come in and observe because we have other kids here and that would violate their HIPAA rights. Well, there's tons of ways around that. Um, and, and I see that being abused all the time, families in multi, multiple different ways. So if you remember that HIPAA protects you, unless you don't feel the need to be protected. So let's say that you, um, have met, let's, let's do a scenario that I see all the time. Two parents meet in the lobby of the autism center where they're picking up their children and they get to talking to each other. And they clearly see that they're picking up the child. They know that they're being treated at the same autism center. And um, then, you know, the, the parents get together and go, oh, you know, sometimes we would like for them to play a game while they're at the center. And your center may say to you, oh, we, we can't come on, comment on that because we can't confirm that that child get, gets therapy here. That's a very common thing because that would be wrong for them to confirm because they would be giving away information. But as parents, the two of you can talk to each other, go to the center at the same time and say, we've already disclosed to each other 
So we would like for our children to, you know, do play this game together at the center. And then they'll, they'll say to you, oh, that's lovely. That's perfectly wonderful. But they can't ask you to disclose. They can't confirm that the other child goes there. So sometimes you got to drive the bus, right? So that's really important. The other thing that I want to say is that often our kids' personal uh, information will be outed by people who don't understand or just make a mistake in the moment. The famous story that I recall was that my son, I think he was in second grade and there was this whole thing about picking him up at the gate and um, they didn't, he had an aide and they didn't want the aide to walk him to the gate. And, um, and there were very specific reasons why they didn't want to. And they were saying, well, and it's for his protection because then people will comment on it and go, why does he have that aid? And then other kids see it. And they wanted him to be able to have that independence to walk to the gate where I would meet him on his own. So it was this whole big thing that we were going to do. And, and I was going to be there. And, and the person who was the vice principal of our school that, sometimes struggled. You know what I'm saying? I'm sure she was a good person, but it didn't always make sense to her. And so all these parents are standing there um, at the gate and I'm standing there waiting. And she was like, oh, Mrs. Penrod, I'm so glad that you're here because today's the first day that Jem is going to walk to the gate without his aid because we don't want anyone to know that he has an aid yelling it to me at the gate in front of all of the parents. And I said to her, you know, like making all the like things like this, like, like, like shut your pie hole. And she just, she was like, oh, can you not hear me? Today we're going to do the thing where he walks up by himself and she's yelling it. And I said, you just told everyone. I'm so glad it was a secret because now everyone knows. And she was so humiliated, embarrassed that she literally went <gasps> and then turned and ran away from me. But I will tell you that violating your child's privacy is a very, very serious thing. There are fines if you choose to pursue that route. Um, I take it very seriously that people need to know the, these kinds of things and um, not, not tell things that, you're, that you and your children have not agreed to be told. Um, I'm sure that that vice principal would not have been thrilled if I had, you know, what I should have done. I just didn't think of it in the moment. I, I should have embarrassed her back and said, so, hey, I heard you got your pap smear results back and just yelled it through the gate at her. And then quickly she would have seen that, boy, that's not appropriate. You know what I'm saying? Um, oh, I did. Amanda, I held, I was like, mm, mm, mm. and then I was like, mm, mm, you know, and, and, and I, and, and I literally did this. I was like, and I was saying, stop, stop, stop over and over. And she just, she did, you know, she was a little oblivious and there was a lot going on. Um, but yeah, no, if I, but anyway, um, I do think it's important that you understand what your rights are, that you understand what your child's rights are and that you hold people to those standards. I'm not big about being litigious and suing people, although it's an option, right? Um, but I'm, I, I feel like it's important for our kids. If they felt that it was important enough that they didn't want the whole school to see that he had an aide, not that I felt that there was anything to be embarrassed about that, but for his independence, then they should have upheld what they thought. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to sneeze now. Uh, anyway, uh, I'm saying hello to Amanda and Helen. 
uh, I think I shocked Amanda how, how, like, that was a little mean about the how are your pap smear results, right? Uh, uh, I'm saying hello to M. M has written in and says, is there any possible autism cured with verbal one? And I want to say, Em, I really appreciate your question. I will tell you that here at Autism Live and the Autism Network, we don't talk about autism as being something that needs to be cured. I want to make sure that I'm really clear that autism is a, um, it's a neurodiverse um, quality that you see things from a different perspective. And, and you process things from a different perspective. Now, within autism, there are very specific things that, that define autism. And the, the kinds of things when people talk about curing autism that I feel like they're talking about are not actual symptoms of autism. Like we have people who say, I don't want my child to have tantrums their whole life. We all know that tantrums are a regular part of life, but we would like for them to, you know, be smaller uh, as time goes on, right? And and so I think when when people talk about cure, there are behaviors that they see that are really really challenging, and we have to remember that those behaviors are not actual autism; they are a byproduct because we haven't given this person uh, an ability to communicate. And I hear you say um, that you're looking for verbal, which I'm assuming is what you mean for communication. And yes, we have found that, um, and science has found that there are lots of different ways for people to communicate, and the. I believe, and the experts that we have here on the show believe that communication is possible for everyone. It's going to look different. And there, there are steps that can be taken based on the individual, but everyone wants to communicate and everyone can communicate. It's just going to look different for different people. But that does not change the fact that they are their, their brains are wired different for autism. So we don't talk about cures. I think that cure is, is not an appropriate word to talk about. Um, what we talk about are uh, ways to help people to be able to um, do the things that are important to them. And, and certainly communication is a right for every individual. And, and we need to be mindful that one person's way of communicating may not be our preferred way of communicating, but we need to honor all forms of communication and give people the ability to communicate the way that they want to. I hope that helps um, to understand what we're talking about. But please know that um, across the board, our experts tell us that people can be taught functional communication, that even the most challenging cases of, of individuals affected, uh, you know, deeply affected. Cause I know there are a lot of people who watch this show that say, you know, it's a spectrum, right. And there are people who are highly communicative. And then there are people who really, really struggle that communication is a huge deficit and disability for them that they're not able to communicate. And our experts tell us that even those individuals can be taught functional communication. And it is essential that we give them the right to that. Okay. Um, Anne wants to know, can HIPAA be violated at school? Absolutely. When parents ask to keep uh, info private and a teacher shares it with the student. Yeah, no, that's a violation. And you should call them out on that. Absolutely. And that should be a very swift 
meeting and and say, you know, my child's uh, HIPAA has been violated, you know, um, they they should not be disclosing anything to anybody. Um, yeah, I would I would call them out on that, and they do. They do. It happens all the time. Uh, you know, it's a relatively new law, 1996. We're all still getting used to it. We all make mistakes. We're all human, but they need to be learning fast. It's been a while. It's been a minute. They need to catch up. Okay, let's move on because this will we'll give. I'll go to our question of the day, and I think it's going to feed right into it. Um, I'd love to hear from you guys about this because uh, there are times when um, this will happen. It's not all that uncommon. So do we have our question of the day, Traven? I went on so long. Uh, he went on to other things there. <laughs> Poor Traven. Uh, our question of the day today, if I'm not mistaken, uh, have you had your personal information compromised? Have you or had your child's information personally, personal information compromised? Um, and certainly, I, you know, I told you the, the vice principal, that was just one day. There was another day we were at the farmer's market and um, and we were at a booth and buying stuff. And it was a place we'd been to a million times and they knew my son and, you know, had no idea what his diagnosis was or anything. And this and a friend of theirs walked up and it was a, uh, a woman who worked at our school, was an aide for another kid. And she was like, you know, I'm so excited to see you to my son. And, and so the friend said, oh, how do you know him? And she goes, oh, he's one of the little boys with autism at my school that I'm an aide to a friend of his and said the name of that kid. And I, and I was shaking my head and going, no, no, no. And, and she just kept on. And again, then she realized and she was like, oh, what have I just done? Um, people will do that. And, and now all of a sudden, this place where he'd been, where he was not known as having any challenges, suddenly he was a little ticked. He was a little ticked that day because he wasn't embarrassed about, to say that he was on the spectrum. But he said, would say to me, when you say that to people, they get all kinds of the wrong idea. And that's what, uh, you know, was making him unhappy at that time. So. Uh, have you guys had your personal information compromised and, and maybe write into us and tell us, you know, and, and how have you chosen to handle it? Because it's, it's a serious thing. It's a, it's a personal thing and it's a serious thing and there's a law and an act and it's important. And there are fines, big, big fines for when people do it wrong. Uh, okay. So moving on, we always have a topic of the week and our topic this week. I'm so excited about, uh, as I said, um, on Friday, we're debuting this new podcast, Stories from the Spectrum, content by and for a neurodiverse world. So our topic this week is art is a form of communication. Very much so. We've uh, been featuring artists. We're going to continue featuring artists. And it feeds really lovely into our first guest today, who is a remarkable young woman. I have known her uh, well, I'm going to ask her. I think I met her when she was 15 years old. She is a brilliant artist. She is, and and that's huge, right? Um, to be a, a brilliant artist. But I I want to say that there, it doesn't even begin to cover what Danny Bowman is because I think she's a visionary in the field of art and autism. She's a brilliant teacher, has been teaching, I think, since she was 14 or 15. And it, you know, has her own studio, Danimation. And 
she's just a remarkable human being. She's an inspiration to all of us who know her. There are so many more things. And Danny, because we're in this new place, I cannot access your, your bio. So you might have to help me out. But I want to welcome back to the show, Danny Bowman. There Hi. She is. Hi, Shannon. Thank you so much for having me be on. No, it's always my pleasure, Danny. You are a remarkable person. In fact, last week they came out with a uh, a new list of uh, who the 20 most influential people are on the autism spectrum. And you were one of those people, Danny. How did that feel when you saw that? It was like totally unexpected. I never thought someone would... I never really thought someone would feature me in this some wonderful list. I felt so honored. Like a well, and it's honor. a pretty impressive list too, but you're one of the things that's impressive about it. I got to say, uh, very, very much. Earned. So how old do you think you were the first time I met you? Was I accurate? Was it around 15? Yeah, you got that right. It is around 15. And I remember I've been to your first autism live show. Yeah. Since I was showing the book called um, Danny and Goliath, which which I've worked in, which I've illustrated and published with Joey Travolta. Yeah. And how old were you when that book was published? So when the book was published, I was around 15 when that book got published. All right. So it was right around that that we had you on the show for the first time. And, you know, Nancy Allspot Jackson had told me about you and she said, you got to meet this young woman. She is so talented. (laughs) She's such a beautiful artist. And you had by that point already started your own studio, which I don't, I don't know how that occurs to a 15 year old, honestly, Danny. Um, but we were so impressed with you. And I think it, correct me if I'm wrong. It was right around that time that you started teaching as well. Um, I started teaching at Joey Travolta's um, workshops at like around 15 at his um, inclusion, at his inclusion films uh, workshops in Bakersfield and, and this Burbank, which he used to have. But I started teaching officially around the country at age 16 at his film camps, one in Jacksonville, Florida, one in Tenafly, New Jersey, and Detroit, Michigan in the first year. And then the second year in 2012 taught in San Diego and Baraka, California. And later on, I branched out teaching animation at other organizations. Like, like for example, I taught at Ocali since 2012, and then Arts Royal Florida since 2014. Amazing. And then, and then you actually went and uh, went to Europe and, and were teaching there as well. Um, you just have been an amazing, amazing light. And I'm always amazed. Every time I blink, Danny, I turn around and you're doing five other projects. I want to skip ahead to um, you. This last week, you've been very, very busy. <laughs> Tell people what the Easter Seals challenge is every year. And then let's talk about what happened last year and what you did this year. How's that? Okay, sure. The Easter Seals Disability Film Challenge is an annual film challenge founded by the one and only Nick Novicki. He start he, who worked with who worked with East the <clears throat> who worked with the organization known as Easter Seals, which is well known for the Special Olympics. So it's an annual film challenge that started in 2014 where people with disabilities front and behind the camera will create a film based upon the genre. Yeah. And, but how much time do you guys get, Danny? Cause it's like very short, right? We typically get about, we only have five days to produce a short film. 
So the first Easter Seals challenge I did was back in 2020, in 2020 when the pandemic happened. The first one that we did was called Our Animated Minds, and there were only six people involved in this first short. But then success came when we doubled, when our team doubled to six to twelve when we entered the 2021 Easter Seals Disability Film Challenge, and our film is called The Home Office, which we won for best editing. Yeah. I mean, can everybody here imagine you've got five days to produce a film, five days. And, and here's Danny and Danny, as, as we said, has her own production company. And I, I was so amazed in 2021 that because you have, you had this team of people that you, you know, you guys storyboarded out what you were going to do. And you led this team, Danny, and created this amazing, amazing film and won. And in fact, you just got to go where? To New York? To um... Well, before going to New York, I went to different film festivals, such as New Filmmakers LA, and also had some and it's been shown at the Indie Shorts. And oh, by the way, Sandy just gave me the the trophy right here. Oh my gosh. Look at how beautiful that is. It gave me so many opportunities. Like I'm going to New Filmmakers LA, which I just got a check, which I got a check from last year. And Portland Film Festival, the Holly Shorts, Port- you name it. I, I'm going to say this, Danny. I don't know if anybody said this yet, but I expect very soon we're going to see one of your shorts get nominated for an Oscar. I'm just putting it out there. That's going to happen, Danny, because you're so talented. And I, and I mean, at such a young age, for you to be leading a team to do this kind of work, so, so amazing. And, I, and I'm, and I'm going to give just a little bit of a spoiler alert that when you guys turn in to story, tune in to Stories from the Spectrum on Friday, Danny has made a short film for us that kind of encapsulates some of what it's like to be her. And I'll tell you, it'll elevate your spirit. You're just going to absolutely love it. What is that? Tell us what you're showing us, this, Danny. This is the honorable mention that I received from the Marvel's Media Awards at the Museum of the Moving Image in March 31st as an opening for... Um, of the Marvel's Media Exhibit, which goes all through Autism Awareness Month. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. And we're going to see some of that in this film that we're going to show of yours on Friday. But um, so now this last week, I don't know when exactly, but you were making this year's Easter Seals Challenge, correct? That's right. And um, this year's, well, last year's theme was a mockumentary. This year's year's theme is um, superhero, Um, not just particularly superhero, but there are two two assignments. One is an unsung hero and the other one is called the anti-hero one. So we kind of did the anti-hero film called Super Nacho Supreme, which is about two guys that... um, so this is the poster of Super Nacho Supreme, as you could see in the poster. There are two guys that snack on those uh, gas station nachos that grant them superpowers. And they think they could save the world themselves, but they're totally bad at it. And it's hilarious. And I just want to say to everybody, you know, there. what I love about the work that you do, Danny, you're so creative, that you weave... Um, there are parts of it that are live action and then it goes to animation and then there's animation over the live action. It's so clever. And when you realize, oh my gosh, from beginning to end, from idea to done, 
five days. Did you guys work around the clock? We sure did. And especially we did it remotely on Zoom. But in the beginning of when production began, we filmed the live action first, located at located in the studio, located in Studio City, where Jake lives, the actor. I love because I love I always notice now how uh, I don't know who the director of photography was, but you had this one shot from up above that you would cut to from time to time that was just really brilliant, I thought. Uh, Really good work and hilarious and fun and uplifting and a good message. Uh, So, so amazing. So are you telling me that there were 12 people on the team to make the, the film? It just, uh, we added six more to the team. Now there's eight, there's more than 18 of us that uh, worked on the film. That's a lot of people to manage, Danny. How do you do that? Well, it's because um, some, some, <clears throat> sometimes I get them teams from my Animation Gets Real summer camps and others are from the one-on-one sessions that I teach. So, so you've already, so you've already have like a shorthand language with them. They, when you say to them, I need this, this, and this, they know already what you're talking about. Yes. We do assign them based upon their biggest um, strength. Like for um, example, we have um, one student that is from, that came from animation gets real named um, Delaine Owen. We had her since 2000 and 2020. So she was the one who did the background art for the home office and this film. Amazing. Amazing. And then when you were at the Marvels of Media, there was another, you weren't there for just one film, Danny. There was another film that you had worked on that was, that got an award too. Uh, We've talked about uh, Boys Don't Wear Dresses. What award did that win? Well, that one win for, it it just got an honorable mention for best narrative. It's a Best narrative short, Boys Don't Wear Dresses. And I was the um, the lead animator, the ones who animated the, the anthropomorphic script character that just um, jumps off the table and the animal characters that surround the main character a lot. Yeah, if you guys haven't seen that, you really need to see that. Danny, where can people go to see some of these projects that you've done? Where can they go to see your Easter Seals films? So for Super Nacha Supreme, it can be found at the Easter Seals Disability Film Challenge YouTube page, or it can be found on the Instagram or on Facebook. And is it a thing where they where they can vote for to see uh, to help you to win, or is it not like that? Well, um, what they the goal here for the awareness campaign, which is ending today, is to like um, get as much watch. Get as much views, likes, shares, and comments as much as possible. Okay. So people should be should go there, like it, uh, view it, comment on it, and, um, and, they, and they can see the other films as well. Maybe tell us again, where do they go to see it? Because today's the last day. We want to make sure we get there. So because it's the last day of the, of the awareness campaign, um, they have to go to the YouTube page and watch it and then share it to social medias like Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Okay. But where's the site that they go to on YouTube? Tell it to us again, slowly. It's called Easter Seals Disability Film. You have to go to where it says Easter Seals Disability Film Challenge. Okay. Easter Seals Disability Film Challenge. Uh, We got people saying that they're going to for sure go there and do it right now and share it on Instagram. That would be great, you guys. Um, I think that one of your team is with us watching Brenna Werner. She's part of your team, right? Yes. yes. She's also a really great writer behind um, 
my three Easter Seals films are Animated Minds, The Home Office, and Supernatural Supreme. She's an incredibly amazing. Brenna and I first met in 2020, in, in the year 2020, when Animation Gets Real was changed from in-person to online. And Brenna, I was so surprised about how her teaching style is so amazing. And she became part of the animation team afterwards. Amazing. I, I love that you are having people come in and from different, you know, whether you've met them as teachers or students and that you're amassing this, this studio of talent, Danny. It's so, so impressive. For people who have kiddos on the spectrum, teens or young adults, or even how, how young of kids are you willing to work with, Danny? I'm willing to work with um, the, the typical age range. I work with um, youth from ages 10 to 22. That's our typical age, age range. But we're very flexible, whether younger or a little older. It really depends on how talented they are or if it's and somebody it, who's that extraordinary. There we go. And it used to be that you did all these uh, lessons in person. And sometimes you traveled and you would do a camp, but then... COVID happened and you started doing some of these uh, lessons online. So if so, are you still doing that? If somebody's in New Jersey and they want their child to study with you, can they? Um, some It can work. So the person from New Jersey can attend our free one-on-one -on -one sessions. People from all parts of the world can attend our free classes that we do every Saturday from 1 p.m. to 3 p.m. We have it on our Denimation Entertainment website. So if you go to the Denimation Entertainment website, you will go to, you will, we offer free weekly classes. And once they try out the free weekly classes, once they sign up and after the class, they can sign up for our one-on-one -on -one sessions. Okay. So, you know, you guys, you can't do better than a free class with Danny Bowman. Um, so make sure that you go and have your kiddo try the class. The thing is you won't know until you try um, and Danny does amazing things. So uh, what a wonderful opportunity. And thank you for having a free introductory class so that they can see if, if they like it or if their kids like it. Danny, I love it. I want to shift gears a little bit and talk about, because you've had a lot going on, that in amongst all of this, um, I have, have you been with us since you got your master's degree? I, I don't I don't know, but it, but but you did get your master's degree, correct? Yes, that is correct. We've I definitely been with you before I got my master's degree and yes. my BFA. So tell us what degrees you hold now. In 2018, I received my BFA magna cum laude in animation and an MBA in global strategy and leadership. All both of them are from Woodbury University. You're amazing, Danny. Uh, and in addition to all of that, we live in Los Angeles, which is a very um, car-centric place. And yet there are a lot of young people who don't drive. Um, and I think more because of COVID, but you made a decision that you wanted to start to, oh, there's your your diplomas. Amazing. It's, it's hard to see. Yeah. That's my computer. BFA. And you're and your master's degree. Amazing. So, um, but I understand that you've decided that you wanted to start to drive. Tell us about that. Well, um, it's been a long time since I've been driving, but I've noticed changes ever since I've driven a couple of times in the past where my driving skills were rickety at times. But since I got my driver's permit in a couple of months ago, I was, I was finally able to drive that I've noticed my, my driving skills is even better. 
What made things a lot better is all thanks to my life coach. My life coach allowed me to um, take watch a lot of um, YouTube videos that explains that explains how to drive and how to park. Parking is definitely the toughest part of driving. Knowing how to park, knowing how to back up, parallel park, those are yeah. really tough. And it's always the most essential and most important thing to achieve during the behind the wheel test. Yeah. So um, I, you would share this with me because my son is getting ready to drive drive too. And, and you and your aunt had said to me that these videos have just been amazing. And they're free on YouTube, correct? Yeah, they're free on YouTube. You so go- I'm gonna send I'm gonna send the link to Traven so he can include it on our if if you go and watch later on on our YouTube feed um, the link to the driving um, things will be there. But what what is it about the videos that makes it easier for you, Danny? Well, it's because they're very visual. They are straight to the point on how to like um, back up your car. And one example, I've watched one video on how to parallel park. All you have to do when you're driving, you need to be a little further away from the car next to you and make sure your right side of the mirror aligns. And then when you're backing up, you would have to turn your wheel to the right, just one, just one turn. And then, and then as you're backing up, you will go, you're going to straighten the wheel and make until it, until the back, until your mirror aligns with the back, the back left side of the, um, the car rear or the license or near the license plate and then make us make one left turn left turn on the wheel to make it back up and it all makes sense to you when you watch it on the video yes indeed but it also depends on the car that's true because some cars are bigger than others i because having talked to you about this i wonder if part of it is is that when you're hearing it from the people on the video it's not your family member who's like telling you everything under the sun. Cause I, I loved when you said, you know, they just tell you what you have to do in easy terms. Cause I over talk. I know that surprises everyone. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think it overwhelms me and my son when I'm teaching him. So I'm excited to have him try those videos out, Danny. Um, so I, I, I don't know. Are we, I, I, there, you have another project um, that, I, I don't know if we had heard yet whether you can talk about, about, about bullying. Are we allowed We're, to talk about that today? So um, we are in the middle of a new animated short that we are in, in partnership with Boots of Bullying. I'm just going to keep it a little top secret. Yeah, I'm just keeping it a little top okay. secret, but Brenna and I are in production. So we're currently in animation production right now. And sooner or later, we'll reveal the full details. Okay. All right, because sometimes we have to keep a clamp on things. And so I, I didn't mean to push, but I didn't know if we were free to talk about that. Yet. So let's go over a couple of things for Danny that where people can find you and follow you because you're somebody, you're an international speaker. You, you know, if people want to have you come and speak, they absolutely can have you come and speak. And I, Danny, there's just nobody more inspirational than you. You're, you're just doing amazing work on so many different fields. So where can people find you? So people can find me on the website at www.deanymationentertainment.com. You can find me as Deanie Bowman on Facebook and my company, Deanymation Entertainment, on Facebook as well. You can find me on Instagram, Deanie Bowman 1, or on Twitter, Deanymation ENT, or you can find me on LinkedIn, Deanie Bowman, and Deanymation also has a LinkedIn page as well. And, or you could just Google me. 
Okay. Now Traven tells me that he has videos that you sent over. Do, do you want to show one of them? Definitely. And also the trailer too, um, Super Not Just Supreme, because it's also coming to film festivals near you. Okay. So I didn't realize we had the trailer for that. Let's see if we can play it. We're in our new space, Danny. So you have to forgive us, but uh, Traven, see if you can play the trailer for Super Nacho, uh, Super Nacho Supreme is the name of it, correct? That's right. Okay. This is the cutest thing, you guys. Take a look. Maybe not. There we go. But Okay. I didn't have audio, but uh, I think we got to see some of the amazing animation. There's that shot from up above that I was talking about. And the costumes are hilarious. Who are these actors, Danny, that we're seeing? Because they did a great job. On the left is um, Jake Tajan, who plays as Jumping Jake. And the on the right is Devin Morrissey, who plays as Demolition Devin. And... Is this it's a group fun. of people that you've known for a while, or did you have casting for that? These are these two guys are the people that I've known for a long time. I first made I first met Jake when I was at Comic Con when I was um, showing one of my short films, um, Airburst: The Soda of Doom, back in 2014. I've met him at Comic Con when Jake and Janet were around, having their books called Einstein, the Class Hamster, and My Life as a Book Series, and. And Devin Morrissey, Devin and I first met from Joey Travolta's Inclusion Films wow. in um, 2012. Wow. They're both I, on I the love that spectrum. I love you guys are building relationships and, and working with people again and seeing who you like to work with. I'm sorry that we couldn't get it to play. I apologize. But you know what that means, you guys? That means you've got to go to the Easter Seals uh, Disability Film Challenge and you and you got to go in and watch the whole film. But you can see some of the amazing work that they were able to do in five days. When I think about, you know, how much work must have gone into that, Danny, like it makes me tired uh, (laughs) to think about it. But, and and you're always doing eight things at once. So pretty amazing. And we know that you've got projects uh, coming up. We're going to have you back in May to talk about some of the things that you can't talk about yet um, but in the meantime, tell them again what time and what date the, the free class is that they should be, ha- everybody should take your free class once. So people can sign up anytime because uh, we're doing our free weekly classes one from 1 p.m. to 3 p.m. every Saturday. And so that's can- Pacific time. That's right. We- yeah, Pacific time. Um, and, and again, they go to Danimation Entertainment to sign up. That's right. Go to Danimation Entertainment and you would go to uh, Digital Learning and Classes and click on Free Introductory Online Class. Amazing. 
Danny, I, unfortunately, we're out of time because we could talk about a million more things, but you are a bright light on this planet. You're so talented. And, but, but again, it's not just that, like that would be enough, but you're also a leader and you're a good leader. You're a good role model, a good example, a good leader. We're just proud to know you. Keep doing the amazing work that you're doing. And please, everybody, on Friday, tune in because on Friday, we're going to be launching the first episode of Stories from the Spectrum. And Danny is one of the artists featured in our first episode of Stories from the Spectrum. And you'll get to see a little bit more of her life and, and you know, the jet setter life that she is leading uh, as she goes places and spreads the word uh, uh, our topic this week, Danny, is that art is a form of communication. Do you agree? Definitely. It's a form of communication. It's a visual communication yeah. where, pe- where you don't have to say it. You just show it. Yeah. And, and do you feel like for you, having art in your life has helped you to express your point of view? Oh, yes, it does. And especially how the characters interact and talks of, and I can see what's going on. Yes, absolutely amazing. You are amazing. Thank you so much for giving us the time to be here. And we'll we'll be having you back on again in May. All right. I'm looking forward to this. And thank you so much for having me on the show. Thank you so much. You take care. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye, Shannon. Bye-bye. I want to give everybody some programming notes here. Um, tomorrow, we're back live with Ask Dr. Doreen. Dr. Doreen Grampiche will be here. And I don't know if we'll be in the same room, but we will. she will be here live and we will be taking questions from all of you. Then on Wednesday, here's the thing. We're going to have Kobe Bird on, and but Kobe is not available on Wednesday. So we're pre-taping with him tomorrow. We're deciding whether or not we can make that pre-tape live tomorrow afternoon. We might be doing two live feeds tomorrow and then re-airing the Kobe Bird recorded on Wednesday morning. I'd love to hear from you guys. Would you... If would it make a difference for you if we were live with Kobe on Tuesday afternoon? Would you like the op- opportunity to interact with him live, or um, is it just as as well to see him the you know the day after recorded? I'd love to know your feelings on that because we we would love to have him live on Wednesday, but that's not a possibility for him, and we can have him tomorrow. What what is the yes, Amanda? Do you do you hope for the live feed, and then we'll re air it on Wednesday morning? I'm taking a vote right now. Who has an opinion about it? Uh, Write in right now and tell us. Uh, Then on Thursday, I don't even know who we have on Thursday because it's that kind of a crazy week. But I know on Friday, the plan. All right. Amanda says she would like it live. So we're going to try, Amanda. I'll let you know for sure during the Ask Dr. Doreen tomorrow. We're going to try and see if we can do it live on Tuesday afternoon. But on Friday, fingers crossed, we hope to be giving you the maiden episode of Stories from the Spectrum. And I, uh, man, I'm so excited about this. I almost can't sleep at night um, because I'm so excited to have the opportunity. As people, as artists that we've reached out to, and we hope if you are an artist or you have a kiddo who's an artist or a filmmaker or someone who, you know, has a story that they want to tell, we hope that you'll be reaching out to us. Because in some cases, we're for people who already are filmmakers, you know, we're, we're saying send us a film. For people who are like, well, I have a visual medium, um, we are pairing them with other 
uh, filmmakers that are on the spectrum to be able to get their voice out. So lots of ways that we can tell stories, right? But it's all content by and for a neurodiverse community. So um, excited about that. So stay tuned Friday, <sighs> first episode. And we are looking for artists uh, of all kinds, anybody who's neurodiverse and, and wants to tell their story in any way that they want to tell their story. We're very interested. Okay. Uh, so we'll see you tomorrow live with Ask Dr. Doreen. Until then, give your kiddos a hug for me and one for you too. Bye-bye for now. <laughs>